gonna trust in God, gonna trust in Jesus, without shame, without fear, gonna fix my eyes on the hope of glory, for His name is drawing near. How great is the love of God, how steady is His Yes, I'm a primary school teacher. Right. Um, my name is Gail, and I will be leading the first part of our service today. Later, Jim will be coming to preach to us, having stepped up at the last minute while Danny is ill. We thank Jim for... Um, I don't know, where, we, where is he? Uh, thank you. <laughs> and um, I, I would ask that you would remember Danny in your prayers. Um, for church members, a quick reminder that there is a church meeting after the service. If you're able to attend, that's really important if you could. We are now going to take up our offering. Please don't feel pressured to give. Just let the bag pass you by. We know people give in other ways, through bank accounts, through their time. So please don't let it stress you out. And perhaps you'd like to take um, two minutes to say, I mean two minutes, to say good morning to everybody. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for blessing us so that we can bless you in return. We pray that you will take these funds and help us to use them in a way that is pleasing to you and to further your kingdom in our community and in the wider world. Amen. <coughs> I use the YouVersion Bible app. Who else? Who uses the, the YouVersion Bible app? Two people. I know there's more than that because I've got more friends than that. 
on there. Right, good, brilliant. It's excellent, okay? If you haven't downloaded it, um, I suggest you have a look. It's really useful. And we do, um, me and my girlfriends do quite a lot of plans together. Um, and it's really lovely. One morning I was reading my plan, and there's always a little bit that you can put at the end about what you think. And I put my my thing about what I think, like a second later, and put her thing about what she was thinking. And it was so reassuring to know that we'd both been sat there reading the same words and, the, and thinking the, about the same passage. And it's a really lovely thing to do. Um, Mel put the words of that song that we've just sung um, in the talk it over part of a plan that we're doing earlier in the week, and um, or last week. And it, it, I just could not get it out of my head. So um, as I, I wasn't sure about the, um, the sermon, um, not sure about it, I'm sure it's wonderful, I don't mean that, I meant what it was about, um, <laughs> because um, obviously we weren't sure who was going to do it. Um, I thought, right, that's obviously where we're going this morning. Um, so we're going to talk about trust this morning. We're going to think about trust. We're going to th think about God's promises, about what he tells us he's going to do. Um, and the last um, song that we're going to sing before the sermon is a promise from us that we will take on board those promises. Um, I did ask people what trust meant to them. Um, and I got lots and lots of replies. Um, I've got a couple here. The dictionary, which is all my, always my first go-to, is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. The word that struck me there was the reliability. Okay, If we're talking about God, we can rely on God. We can rely on his promises. We can rely him on him not to give up on us. We can rely on him to love us however badly we mess up. Some of the other um, uh, definitions I got, feeling safe in a relationship, meaning you can be totally open. Do we have that relationship with God this morning? Do you tell him everything? You might as well because he knows everything anyway. So you might as well voice it and he can help you with, with anything that you have on your heart. Reliability, there's that word again, comforting and confidentiality. God is not going to go to the person who works in the next office and tell them all your secrets. Anything you say to God, he will, is obviously between you and God. It's really diff difficult opening up to people sometimes, isn't it? Um, I've got very close friends that I know that will look after me if I open up about things. Um, not everybody's that blessed, but God is there if you have to open up to somebody. Safe and secure. Okay. Secure. God's love for you is not a tiny thin thread that is going to snap if you annoy him. It, will, it is strong. It is like them, the big chains that hold the huge carriers and the huge cruisers to the shore. That is our God. Knowing that someone has your back no matter what you are feeling. Feeling comfortable enough to be yourself, no matter how weird that may be. Knowing they will, they will not deliberately hurt you. Feeling safe, even in the biggest storms. I thought that was the most profound, and that is the only one of these that is from an atheist friend. How weird is that? Um, so she, I thought that was great that she has this idea of trust, 
So she has this idea that somebody's there in the storms, that, she, that, that someone's not going to hurt her. Okay? I've now got convinced her that that person's God. That's my job. As Christians, should our definition be different? Is trust the same as knowing? Is trusting that God has got it all under control the same as knowing God has it all under control? If we are asked, we would say, of course he's in control. It's all in God's plan. How many times have we heard that? It's all in God's plan. God's got it. It'll be fine. It's not always easy to hear. Not always easy to hear at all when you are praying for things that don't happen, when something has happened that you don't understand. It's, all, uh, it's, it's nice to think we can look back and think, oh, yeah, that's why that happened, even though it was terrible. Actually, I learned from that, or I'm a better person because of that now. But actually, at the time, no, I went through a period of um, worry and stress a few years ago and if one more person sent me Jeremiah 29 I was going to rip up everything and throw it all away because I was every, that's all everybody did they sent me Jeremiah 29 he knows the plans he's got for you that doesn't help me now okay but what I want us to think about this morning is listen to these words of the songs even if that means you choose not to sing I won't be offended Okay. Even if that means you choose not to stand, I don't mind. Okay. However you sit or sing or best to take these words in, that is my prayer for you this morning, that you will listen to the words of these songs and that by the end of our worship time together, you will feel a little more confident in God's love. That is my prayer for you this morning. Let's stand and worship.
never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love. In death, in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love my debt is paid there's nothing that can separate my heart from your great love in death in death in life i'm confident and covered by the power of your great Never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Promise. 
what Jesus did for us. Why we're here. What we have to be thankful for.
Father God, help us this morning. Help us to believe what you have said. We believe you are real, Lord. We believe you died and you rose again. But sometimes, Lord, we just find it so hard to hand things to you, to know that you are in control when we feel that we are spinning and spinning. Father, help us to stop. Help us find the middle of the storm where it is peaceful and it is quiet. Even if we have to go back outside the other, the other side of the storm, Lord, where it blows us and pummels us, you are there in the center, in the peace and the quiet, showing love, mercy, care, gentleness, and ensuring that we have the best. Help us to trust you, Lord. Amen. God, the uncreated one, the author of salvation, wrote the laws of spirit. 
be afraid to approach God. He loves you. He created you. We can be confident in him. We lift his name up now and promise that we will approach his throne. Somehow I stand 
please take a seat. I'd just like you to take one minute just to think about what we've been singing. I always feel really moved by worship, and then I need time to kind of process what I've been singing. <coughs> Sing a bit too loudly, I think. Um, process what I've been singing and what I feel. So I'm just going to leave it just for a minute while we have a think about what we've the words that through sung and the promises that God has made and we have made. Amen. The reading today is from Hosea chapter 14 verses 4 to 9. And I'm, this is from the NLT. The Lord says, Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like a beautiful olive tree, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. O oh Israel, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like a tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them, but in those paths, sinners stumble and fall. I'm waiting to pray for you. I have no idea. Like if nobody can hear you, then no. I just want to pray for my brother Jim as he comes and leads us um, in words today. Lord, help take away anything that is not of you. And if he feels led, ask him to give your words of spirit. Lord, we bless Jim. And we thank you for him. And we pray for all that we are going to hear today. Ah, right. Well, um, I shouldn't be here, really. Um, I was, I was asked, I was asked Thursday to come, and uh, because Danny is unwell, so here I am. I actually, um, I'm going. I was going to take the service for two weeks' time, so I brought the sermon forward to today. So I had to do a little tweaking 
to bring it to you. But so I wasn't really out in my, in my depth because I had already prepared something. I think it's relevant. In fact, um, what I'm going to say this morning, I think, is always relevant. In fact, the Bible is always relevant, and I think it's, all, it's, it's relevant uh, for, for today. The title I'm um, going to look at, unpack really, is The Danger of Spiritual Decline. And Hosea 10, verse 12, I think it's all coming up on the screen. Martin do a tremendous job on this. And it's Hosea 10, verse 12. It says, Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and show righteousness upon you. This is the New Living Translation. A man was in a certain village. It's not true. It's a joke, actually. <laughs> I, ho I hope it's a joke. <laughs> and the man was uh, in this village, and as he was in the center of the village with the green, he saw this well, quite a big well, and he said, I wonder what's inside the well. He looked down, he couldn't see anything. So he looked around, he found a large stone, and he threw the stone down the well, he couldn't hear anything. He expected to hear water. So he looked around for something else, and there he saw a railway sleeper. So he carried this to uh, the well and threw it over. And just as he threw it over, out of the corner of his eye, he saw this angry, vicious-looking uh, goat coming towards him. He jumped out of the way, and this goat went down the well. He did, what could he do? Anyway, a little, little while after, uh, a man came and said, Have you seen a goat? What could he do? He said, No, I haven't seen a goat. And so the man said, Well, he couldn't have gone far. He was tied to a railway sleeper. <laughs> I thought that'd make you laugh. And in a way, I thought that uh, even the joke was relevant because Hosea had a task that he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to do with this, this task. It was a very difficult task. And, and that goat, he didn't want to go down that well, but he had to go. And um, God told Hosea the prophecy that he had to give, and he didn't particularly want to give it because of a difficult, hard prophecy. And during this prophecy, it was a long prophecy over a number of years for Hosea, it was the darkest time in Israel's history. And his message was of three parts. One, of sin. It says that my people have forsaken me, the spring of living water. And uh, he was there to ask the people to repent of their sin. He told them to mend their ways. And he told them to return to the living God who had done so much for him, for them. The second part of his message was judgment. That if they did not listen to what God was saying, then judgment would come. And it did come because the people did not listen 
and uh, Nebuchadnezzar came with his vast army from Babylon and captured uh, Jerusalem and captured Israel and Israel went to, into captivity for 70 years. God judged their sin. But in the midst of all this, in the midst of all that Hosea said about sin and about judgment, we see the love of God. The great note of Hosea's message was love through their failure, yes, through their unbelief, through their spiritual adultery, God said he still loved them. And he said that I will speak tenderly to her. I will be like the dew to Israel. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. And all through that, and if you read the prophecies of the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and also the minor prophets, you will hear this note of love. Yes, there was sin, yes, there was judgment, and judgment came, but all the time, God was trying to bring them back into his love and care. And I think uh, we started a new year, and I, and I think the note of God this, this coming year is he wants to bless us as a church, and as individuals. He wants to pour his blessing on us as people, but he expects certain conditions to be fulfilled for that blessing to come. Blessing comes when there are certain conditions are met. And so this text, Hosea 10 verse 12 says this, Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and show righteousness upon you. So the first thing is, plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Hard ground simply means what it says, that uh, the, the once was soft ground that could yield fruit, but now it's become hard, unproductive, land lying idle. And as we look into our own hearts this morning, is there tracts of fallow ground? Is there things that we know that are unfertilized and we're uh, doing things that we shouldn't do? And this is the message that I want to bring to us and to me this morning. So let's examine, first of all, the characteristics of hard ground. Of course, it's hard. I remember when we moved into our house um, the front garden, I've never known ground like it. It was so hard, and I, I, we thought that there must have been a place where the cement mixer was there, building the other houses. It was so hard, and there was many bricks that I had to take out, and it took me ages to do this. I had to take, remove the bricks and, and remove all the rubbish that was there, and uh, fill up with topsoil. The number of barrels I, I had to fill up with the topsoil of this garden. And this is a picture of hearts in spiritual decline. It's a picture of hearts that have grown cold, unbelief, no interest in what God wants to do for us. The second, second thing about fallow ground, it's weed covered. One of the main objects, if you're a gardener, and I'm not, I like to say a good gardener, but I'm not a gardener, but one of the great objects of uh, gardening is to eliminate weeds. 
You don't have to encourage weeds to grow, they just grow and they're a real nuisance. And if we're lazy, they will grow. If we neglect the garden, they will grow. And if we show no interest in the garden, they will grow. And that is the same in our Christian life, in our spiritual life. If we're lazy, then we will not be effective. If we neglect what God is telling us and what God says in his word, then we will not know his blessing. If we show no interest in coming to God's house and doing things for him, then we will not know God's blessing in our lives. And Oswald Chambers, a great uh, man of God, he says this, there is only one relationship that matters, and that is our personal relationship to a, a personal Redeemer and Lord. Let everything else go, but maintain that at all cost, and God will fulfill his purpose in our lives. And then thirdly, fellow ground is unfruitful. It's ground that has not been treated. It will, it will lay barren and be unfruitful. And fruit is what God expects us to have in our lives. God expects us to have fruit in what we do and, and in our service for him. It's not, it's not activity that God wants. Yes, we will be active in the Lord's work. It's not our service what we do necessarily. Yes, we will do service for the Lord. But it's a Christ-like character. That is what God wants from us as individuals. He wants that Christ-like character. There's a word sanctification, a huge word. I'll explain what it means. It means set apart. It means holiness. It means inward transformation. It means change. And that's exactly what God wants from us. He wants us to be set apart for his glory. He wants us to be holy in our living. He wants to have inward transformation as we live our lives. He wants us to change and be like him. And when we begin the process of breaking up the hard ground in our hearts, immediately the Holy Spirit begins to show us what sanctification is. It's when we allow the Holy Spirit to come, he will show us what sanctification is to impart the life of Christ in us. And do you know, that's when a struggle begins. That's when we know that we're doing something for the Lord, when Satan is worried, when things come into our life and the struggle begins if we're working, walking in his ways. I just want to read what the life of Jesus is. We all know it, we've read it many times. It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That is the life of Jesus, and that is the life that the Holy Spirit wants to give us as we live for him. Alan Redpath, a well-known Baptist minister, um, and he, he's, wrote, he's written many books, and one of them was uh, The Life of David, Making a Man of God. And he said this, The conversation, conversion of a soul is the miracle of a moment. The manufacture of a saint is the task of a lifetime. And we all know that tr that's true in our life. 
It takes us a long time to get to know the ways of God, but he wants us to go on, to go on with him. And we are reminded many times of, of how we have failed him. We know it in our conscience. We know that we have failed him in many times through our stubbornness, really. But greater still is the faithfulness of our God. He is always with us. He must have blessed us in so many ways. I just must have a, a drink. Let's look at our text again. Plow up the hard ground of your heart, for now it is time to seek the Lord. Secondly, time to seek the Lord. In the uh, Lewis Awakening in 1949 on the Hebrides, a man got up in a prayer meeting and he said, a young man, he said, it's much humbug to be waiting night and day, month after month, if we ourselves are not right with God. I must myself be right with God. Is my heart right with God, he said. And if we want God to bless us as individuals and as a church, there are conditions that must be met. If we want God to pour his spirit out in these days, there are conditions we must meet as individuals and as a church. And the thing is, however far we may advance in the Christian life, and I've been a Christian now for 60 years, however much we've grown in grace, we always need to take note of the words in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. If you think you are standing firm, be careful you don't fall. And I want to bring three, three things. There are one or two other things in Hosea, but three things that mainly were the trouble, that was the trouble with the people of God. First of all, there was prayerlessness. In Hosea 7, verse 7, it says, None of you call on me. That was one of the complaints that God made. None of you were calling on me. In the past, there were people who called on God, and God blessed them and helped them and turned the nation around. But now, none were calling on God. There was prayerlessness. How is it is in the midst of a busy life, even in our service for the Lord, to allow prayer and communion communion with him to be crowded out. It's so much so easy to allow that to happen. A.T. Pearson, a well-known American theologian, said this, from the day of Pentecost, there has not been one great spiritual awakening in any land which has not begun in a union of prayer. The invitation is given. We read in Hebrews 4, verse 16, let us come then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you see the wonder of that? The God of all creation, the God who spoke and this universe came to existence, he wants fellowship with us, come into his presence. Can you see the privilege that we have as Christians to go into his presence and just talk to our God? Isn't it amazing that he allows us to come? We're sinners, but we're sinners saved by grace. And it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection 
that we're able to go into his presence and have fellowship with him. We live in a world where there is tremendous pressure to conform to the world's standards in every area of our lives. We know this in our own personal lives. But I believe with all my heart God expects and enables through the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to live our lives on a higher plane. I believe it is possible. It's difficult. It's hard. But I believe it is possible for us as Christians to live our lives on a higher plane uh, and then he will bless us. And this is the challenge for me, is the challenge for you, because we are new people in the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved us, he's blessed us, and we're new people. He wants to be new people, he wants to live as new people, as we live in this world. And Paul says some very hard words. He said this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Harsh words. If we are filled with the Holy Spirit, if we're walking in God's ways, what is our speech like in the world, in our job, in whatever we do? What is our speech like? What do we say? When we leave this place and we go into the world, in our job or anything, what is our behavior like? Do people know that we belong to the Lord Jesus? Do people see a difference in what we say and what we do? What do we watch? What do we read? Do we tell the truth in all that we do? I'm I'm not involved with social media, but I did read that someone said that social media can become toxic. It can become dangerous. It can become harmful to... Uh, whatever we do. I don't know, because I never get involved in it. I was reading the, the biography of um, Billy Graham, and um, when, when he began his, his work with his team, they pledged one thing. They pledged integrity. It means wholeness. It means uprightness. It means honesty. It means being pure in all that they did. Is that the reason why he became the greatest evangelist of the 20th century? Is that the reason why so many came forward and so many were blessed and saved through his ministry? Because there was integrity, because there was holiness, because there was uprightness in all that they did. I believe that the Holy Spirit leads us to the Lord Jesus. He is our, our mentor. He is our our model that we can turn to and look to. And the more we resemble the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives, how difficult that might be, the more others will see him in us. That's the key. That is the thing. And then there is spiritual adultery that was mentioned in um, Hosea. Over and over in the book of Hosea, over and over in Jeremiah, Isaiah, and all other the prophets, they likened uh, sin to spiritual adultery. God's people were unfaithful. People, they called them adulterers. Instead of loving God, they loved other gods, putting other things before God. 
And Jeremiah 2 verse 5 says, They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. Strong words. God's people, they followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. And the key to our living, the key to what we want to do as Christians is our walk with the Holy Spirit. When we have this inner witness, when the Holy Spirit gives us this inner witness, he tells us what to do and how to do it. He leads us to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the image of God. And that's how it's done, and it's so difficult. I know it's so difficult in my life, and it's difficult in, in your life. But it has to be done if we want to know the Lord's blessing in our lives. Let's come to our text once more. And I'll have a drink first. Our text says, again, plow up the hard ground of your heart, for now it is time to seek the Lord, <clears throat> that he may come and show righteousness upon us. Upon us. Show righteousness on us. Hosea 6 and verse 3 says, Let us acknowledge the Lord, let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun rises, he will appear. He will come to us like, like the winter, like rains like the spring rains that water the earth. Hosea's message was a nation to a nation that turns its back on God. But I think it can be applied to any church, any individual where there is a decline. And I believe the Lord comes to us this morning. He comes and he says, be prepared to break up the hard ground of your hearts. My son had an accident and he's unable to walk very well at the moment, so my job is to take his, his dog out for a walk. I don't take it every day, but most days I take it. And during the hot uh, spell, if you have a dog, you will know this, the, the ground became like concrete. There was no, no rain on, on the ground, it became like, like concrete. And then of course the rain came, it became soft. And I thought, rain, water, there is life in water. There is green leaf in drought where there is drought and the rains come. There is life and there is greenness. And C.H. Spurgeon, the great preacher, said that as Christians, we're evergreens. We should be evergreens because we know his presence and his life in our hearts. At the beginning of a new year, and this is a new year, our, expect, our, our expectations higher than they were before. The kind of life we want to live for the Lord Jesus this year. People were saying, let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. Let us acknowledge him. We may be a people of prayer, the privilege of prayer. Let us acknowledge him that uh, we will not be separated from worldly things. Let's make God the priority of our lives. And Jesus said, concerning the Holy Spirit, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. There's a book that I have, 
and it's by a man named Samuel Chadwick. Who's heard of Samuel Chadwick? I don't, many people have, I think Malcolm has. And he wrote a book called The Way to Pentecost. It's the best book I've ever read on the Holy Spirit. He wrote it, I guess, 70 years ago, and I haven't read a better book on the Holy Spirit. When I read it from time to time, there's power even in reading it. That's what it does to me personally. And he says this, he said many things, but he said this. The energy of the flesh can run coffee mornings, organize amusements, and raise millions. But it is the presence of the Holy Spirit that makes a temple of the living God. And our bodies are the temple of the living God. He wants to make us a temple to praise and worship our God. There's a hymn that we used to sing, we don't sing hymns so much now, but there was a hymn, I'm going to read it to you because it's such challenging to us. It goes like this. O breath of life comes sweeping through us. Revive your church with life and power. O breath of life, come, cleanse, renew us, and fit your church to meet this hour. O breath of love, come, breathe within us, renewing thought and will and heart. Come, love of Christ, afresh to win us. Revive your church in every part. O wind of God, come, bend us, break us, till humbly we confess our need. Then, in your tenderness, remake us, Revive, restore, for this we plead. Revive us, Lord, is seal abating, while harvest fields are vast and white. Revive, revive us, Lord, the world is waiting. Equip your church to spread the light. What a challenge that is. Isaiah says, whether you turn to the right or the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way that God wants us to walk in his ways, to know his ways, to live for him. Duncan Campbell, who was uh, influential in the revival in the Hebrides, he said this, and I'll close with this. The basic fact that revival must ever be related to righteousness and that the way to revival is still the way of repentance and true holiness. If we want revival, if we want God to bless us, then there must be repentance, there must be righteousness in our living. Let's pray together. Help us, Lord, to be still in your presence. Help us, Lord, to wonder at your, love, at your love that you have for us. In spite of our sin, in spite of our wavers, in spite of our stubbornness, you still love us. You love us, Lord, with an everlasting love. You continue to pour your love and care upon us. You are so faithful to us. And help us, Lord, also to in our lives to break up our fallow ground. Help us, Lord, to, to seek your face and then you will come and rain righteousness upon us. 
Lord, as a church and as individuals, may we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hope you have We look out at the solid ground, hard and cold as a winter stone. Can anything flourish? Can anything live? But under the ground, things are stirring. Things begin to move and grow, tiny at first, and then slowly, purposefully striving through the soil, striving to break through and meet the sun of the spring. Father, when we feel as though we are buried in the darkness, help us to strive. Help us to push through the soil of our troubles. Help us to make roots to tie us to you and yours. Help us to push aside the weeds threatening to suffocate us until finally we see the Son, your Son, Jesus. Let us proclaim our faith by the words of this next song.
Father, bless us. Bless us as we go into the world this week. Help us to take the assurity of your love with us. Help us to spread the word of your sacrifice and your love to all those that we meet by showing it to them. I pray that the Lord goes before you leading the way. I pray that he's behind you encouraging you. I pray that he's above you, looking over you and taking care of you. But most of all, I pray that he is lifting you up through anything that you have to deal with this week. Amen.